0: Today we're going to take a look at the topic of cycling um, and cycling in the UK. Um, obviously cycling is a massive, um, massively popular mode of transportation, getting people from A to B and to work and enjoying it in their downtime too. And, and so cycling infrastructure is of great importance. In recent years there has been a significant increase in the number of people cycling, particularly in urban areas. However, the UK's cycling infrastructure is still in need of significant improvement. So, let's start with the, the positives. Over the past decade, there have been numerous initiatives aimed at improving cycling infrastructure in the UK. The creation of dedicated cycle lanes, the introduction of cycle superhighways, the expansion of bike-sharing schemes, and they've all helped to make the UK a more accessible and safer place for cyclists. Many cities and towns have introduced more traffic calming measures, low traffic neighbourhoods, these kind of things, which reduce the risk of accidents for not just cyclists but pedestrians and many other of the users of that space too. There are still many challenges that must be addressed however, one of the biggest is just the general lack of continuity in cycling infrastructure. You've got to be able to get from A to B and cycle lanes often abruptly end forcing cyclists to merge back into traffic without warning in some cases cycle lanes even end or lead in dangerous situations such as putting cyclists in the middle of busy roundabouts or in close proximity to parked cars another issue is the lack of funding for cycling infrastructure which is obviously key to this right we you know the councils um, and local authorities need the the money to be able to do this Some cities have invested significant resources in creating dedicated cycle lanes and other cycling infrastructure. Central London is a great example of this. Still, though, many areas lack even basic provisions for cyclists. As a result, many people have been deterred from cycling due to safety concerns, and I know that, you know, speaking from my own experience, that is the biggest thing that puts me off, you know? Um, I haven't cycled in a very long time, and I'm likely to be unsteady, and the, the thought of falling off a bike... And the consequences it can have will be coming on too shortly because um, of a story that's been in the news recently. Um, it needs political will to do this. Yeah, it needs political will to prioritise cycling infrastructure. Uh, there are plenty of politicians and policymakers that have recognised the importance of improving the cycling infrastructure. But it generally speaking, people, politicians have been slow to act. There's a general lack of funding and a general lack of political support Um, ...that's needed to put through some of these measures. To make cycling safer and more accessible in the UK... ...there are plenty of steps that can be taken. There needs to be more um, infrastructure um, investment... ...which will lead to hopefully the creation of more dedicated cycle lanes... ...segregated cycle lanes, the expansion of bike sharing schemes... ...places to store your bike. Where I live in Canterbury there are bike storage lockers... ...which you can rent from the council for example... Um, and, you know, this is all about just ensuring that cyclists can travel from A to B safely um, and and be able to store their bike, you know, doing so. And don't forget that every cyclist is a car off the road making our air clearer. And if you are a driver, it makes for less traffic too. So, you know, I always think that if you are an avid driver and you're not necessarily a cyclist, every driver should be um, cheerleading for cycling because... Every cyclist is one less car to be stuck in a traffic jam with. Um, so, the reason that this has come to my attention and to the the, the topic that um, I, you know I I want to talk about today is because of an incredibly sad story um, that has been in the news today and recently about the death of Celia Ward, who was a seventy seven year old lady. Um she was a retired midwife. Um and she was described by her husband in court um as a experienced incompetent cyclist. Um and she fell off her bike um and collided with a car and sadly died. The 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 cause of her falling off the bike has been deemed to be that of Oriel Grey, who's forty nine And she's been sentenced to three years for manslaughter because as uh, Miss Ward was cycling towards Miss Grey, she gestured, she swore at uh, Miss Ward. She said, get the fuck off the pavement. And she gestured with her hand and this made Celia Ward, 77, um, swerve onto the road. And sadly, she collided with a vehicle um, and died in the vehicle that was being driven by Carla Moni has said that her life has been turned upside down um, by what's happened. And obviously the effect that this will have had on Celia's family, her husband, her children is, is just devastating. And, you know, when you read what uh, the family have said about their mother and their wife, it's it's just a tragic story, and it's a very um, complex and difficult story. Given that um, the person, Oriel Gray, that was walking towards um, Miss Ward on on the pavement, um, said that she didn't believe that the cyclist should be on the pavement, um, and there has been some question marks over whether or not this pavement was a shared space or not, Cambridgeshire. Uh, police have said that they cannot categorically state whether the section of pavement that this happened on was a shared use space or not. Um, Three years in prison, Gray had cerebral palsy, she has eyesight issues, uh, but the judge said that her actions were not a result of her disability. Um, She doesn't consider herself to have a mental disability um, and she... Her prosecutor said she was angered by the presence of a cyclist on the footpath. Um, there, there doesn't appear to have been any physical contact. There's a CCTV um, footage of this. Um, and you can see um, you know, the, her gesturing and gesticulating at the cyclist. Um, but it's not clear from the video at least whether a physical contact was made. And then she left the scene um before the emergency services arrived she actually carried on on her way where she was going she carried on to sainsbury's and bought her groceries so it's a a completely uh, you know mind-boggling case really incredibly sad incredibly unnecessary for several reasons Um, one of which to me seems that if cycling infrastructure had been better then this could have been avoided Um, cyclists and pedestrians need to be able to share spaces away from vehicles um, and they need to be able to do that safely whether that means segregated cycle lanes and wider pavements um, and there's all kinds of different solutions but it's an incredibly sad story that brought my uh, attention to the topic of cycling in the UK. Um, It's great to have call on as somebody who can talk to this a little bit and um tell tell me a little bit about your
1: cycling experience so far because you're relatively new to it right well let me take you back um ed a little a little further back in time to when i was about 11 or 12 Uh, i grew up in suffolk um i'm not from canterbury originally but i grew up in a little village just outside suffolk where um my school was built next to you know quite a large new housing estate and the really far-sighted developers of that housing estate were uh, progressive enough to put in lots and lots of really good cycle paths and cycle lanes and in fact the school I went to the high school I went to from about the age of 11 even in the 1930s it was built with infrastructure that supported cyclists going across quite a, a busy road to get to it um and so my school had the highest percentage of cyclists um children cycling to it for anywhere in the country and um i think we were on blue peter at one point um because we had this 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 sort of um, it must have been a uk record anyway um for the number of cyclists um and kids who walked to school and there were people who came from further afield who uh, got to school by other means, but um, yeah, that's something we're really proud of, and we were really, um, you know, it was it was always shouted about, and I think even last year, that school it's called Kesgrave High School, um, it's just outside Ipswich, um, it's still being talked about, um, and the government is still lauding it as this this sort of um, exemplar of a a school where the kids have really sustainable travel habits, and. All throughout my life, I've I've sort of kept cycling as much as possible. I have to admit, when I lived in London uh, for a good eight years or so, um, I didn't cycle as much. Although when I had a second stint in London, actually for about two or three years, I cycled a lot more. Because the mayor, by that point, had introduced a lot more cycling infrastructure. So it's a habit that's stuck it's with me. It's interesting yeah, it's interesting
0: that you, you you talk about your sort of childhood and and because I think the vast majority of people cycle as children. You know, are, are, all me and my friends had bikes. We we travelled to each other's houses after school on bike, and at some point, it just sort of drifts away. You just sort of stop cycling from A to B, and you know, you you there's a natural progression towards the vehicle towards getting your driving license and you know we were you know remember celebrating getting my independence and my freedom when i got my driving license as if i didn't already have it you know on the back of a bike or, or or on foot you know and it's this kind of um this this gap that happens and we, we don't cycle and then some of us at some point are drawn back towards it and that's what's happened to you right?
1: Yeah absolutely it's a, it's a habit I've managed to stick with on and off um, hopefully at the moment mainly on and the thing that's got me back into it recently is that um, I was having a chat with someone at work who had um, a fold-up bike of a well-known brand and um, he suggested that I got a fold-up bike with um, a battery attached to it and um, because obviously you can get a lot of e-bikes these days they're they're increasingly popular and i thought well that could be quite helpful in canterbury because my partner has a car and and he um maybe um for a few days a week he will be um away um with work um i can use the bus i can walk i can take the train if i'm going up to london but I do also need a reliable and convenient way of getting around the city, where a bus might not be, you know, the most convenient method, and I don't have a car uh, with me at the time. So, the this fold-up bike um, is brilliant. It's so zippy, and it gets me up and down the hills. So is it? Know, so it's got a. It's got it's got a powered a powered motor to it. It's got a powered. It's got a battery. Yeah, that clips in at the front. Um, it is. To all intents and purposes, a normal fold-up bike. Um, it, um, but and when we're talking. You... The, uh, and this is
0: is it is it a Brompton bike? Yeah, we can say. Yeah. It. they might send us yeah. a free one if we say it.
1: We're, yeah, it, it's a it's a Brompton model. I'm not on commission or anything like that. Um, no, and other models a, are yeah, are the available. famous.
0: They're the ones I've heard of you know as a, yeah. as a non-cyclist you know i've heard of them but there's a factory uh, they were in the news aren't they opening a factory down this way they're, they're this opening the a factory country, in I ashford think.
1: yeah and um awesome. i thought well um this sounds like a really good idea and um it goes really well um it gives you that extra kick when you're going up a hill and because it's not a normal size bike it's got small wheels it's foldable so you can take it on a train you can pop it under your desk in the office. Um, and so on. Um you can take it into the pub with you, you know. Um yeah. it's it's perfectly sized and um it gives you that extra push when you need it. Now I'm quite happy to have it on the lowest power setting because you can you can have it on three settings. I'll have it on the lower power setting. So my legs are still doing some work. Um but uh yeah it's I definitely have it on
0: the highest I think the highest the highest power setting for me sounds good. So you convince me on 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 the you know the convenience of it um and you know the 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 fact that i with these powered you know uh options uh, you know I, I probably don't need to worry too much about my fitness or lack thereof what about your safety and how how safe do you feel
1: cycling around the roads you know do you fear for your life on a daily basis i don't fear for my life now the reason i say that is because i'm fairly road aware um and i learned to drive a car when i was 17 and well where i grew up that was very much the done thing because it's quite a rural county and you don't have that many other options with regards public transport yeah i did grow up in a place where it was easy to cycle to school but if you were going further afield you did need you did need some more independence in terms of personal transport um and uh, it's slightly contradictory i suppose but um, the car was obviously an option for me then, and, and I, I still own a car. Um, but the, um, the best thing about the bike is that, um, because I've got the road awareness and I, you know, I, I do drive a car. I, I know how to handle the road, but that's only part of the story yeah. really, because the no, cycling infrastructure is I think, I, I think not that's there. a really
0: interesting point. I think that's a really interesting point actually i feel like i would be a safer cyclist than a lot of the cyclists i see because i've driven and, and i know how drivers minds work i i grew up in london my driving test was in london and i did my first three years so i know how aggressive drivers can be and you know you're i think you're so right that having that street smart if you like or road smart is incredibly beneficial yeah. but there are so many cyclists who don't have that and that's obviously through absolutely no fault of their own they're not drivers more power to them for for you know going straight to cycling um without that sort of street smart um the it seems and, and also we're talking about younger sh- cyclists here we're talking about older cyclists we're talking about um you know people who are new to cycling like myself who just looking at the state of some of the cycle lanes and the position they're in and how little protection they provide. Um, I, it's just today, I was driving home from from City, uh, from, from the middle of Canterbury, and um, I was going uh, across a sort of fairly quiet road and, a, you know, a cyclist came out straight into the road. It was an elderly guy and we both, you know, it was one of those things. That, I, I'm not, you know, trying to put blame on anyone, but he was coming down and the the lane he was on just abruptly stopped and it didn't provide him with any kind of zebra crossing or anything like that there was just it just stopped um and it stopped leading into a road and he must have i don't know maybe been daydreaming and just sort of been following the lane along and found himself sort of entering a road and i you know managed to stop in time you know, cycling shouldn't just ever just stop. You know, they should surely always be part of a route that makes sense and is safe. Yes. Are you finding that that's not always the case? Yeah,
1: that's absolutely... Um, that's absolutely the case in Canterbury um, and, and the surrounding area. We lack... We seriously lack proper cycling infrastructure um, because the, the, the road is dominated by the private car. Now, when I was saying earlier... I have that road awareness from um, learning to drive a car and owning a car and having driven a car, you know, for large parts of my life. Um, I shouldn't have to have had that road awareness purely from owning a car. And that that shouldn't make me a more confident cyclist, but it does. It should be that people who want to cycle just for the sake of cycling um, are able to feel confident doing that for all sorts of reasons. And not because they've just owned a car or, they've, or they or they know how to drive a car. They shouldn't have to own a car. They shouldn't have to have that road awareness from having a car. They should feel confident because the roads and the routes are designed for cyclists. They're designed for pedestrians, for that matter. They're designed for people using public transport as well. And we, we are still stuck in the 50s and 60s in Canterbury where um, I swear it all went wrong in the 60s and 70s when they built the Ring Road and, you know, any kind of well it's just this
0: car centric approach that we have you know
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: i mean it's, yeah. Uh, as you know listeners have probably picked up on and paul and i are both um based in canterbury and with canterbury's got this beautiful city wall and the wall used to have you know a moat like a grass park with a moat that ran around it i've seen pictures of people who were able to walk along the ancient city wall of canterbury You know, and I I love the history of that because there will have been a time when people got to Canterbury too late and the gates were closed um, and they had to stay outside the walls. And, and, you know, the bustling city that will have, you know, built on the outside of these city walls has always fascinated me. Can I go and enjoy that space now? Can I go and look at it? No, I can't. There's a four-lane dual carriageway blocking that city wall um, off from me. And I just think that's such a shame. And I think it's... um, you know and i feel a little bit of slight resentment about it as well because there are people alive today who did enjoy that you know and, and have watched as it's been sort of taken away i'm not by any means blaming them but i'm saying that this is not exactly like we're trying to undo yeah, centuries old stuff like you say this is 50s and 60s 60s stuff and there are plenty of examples of cities who have reversed the um damage that was done during this sort of really you know auto focus car centric period is um it's great to hear from somebody who who cycles um you've been one of many people who have probably given me a little bit more of a nudge towards it is there one tip that you would perhaps given give to somebody who is, was was starting out cycling um you know just from a confidence point of view just from a kind of because because it's that it's that for me it's that safety confidence am i gonna hurt myself you know point of view is there a is there a tip that you'd give me
1: i would say um actually the what i would say is probably a little bit surprising but it is to own the road a little um i think we assume that as cyclists we have to hug the side of the road and i think there are there are lots of occasions where you would need to do that because if a cyclist is slower in traffic but if you go around a lot of roads you find quite a lot of potholes particularly at the edges and um if you've got a a small bike like mine with small wheels, you don't want to be uh, going head over, um, you know, head first into a butthole. So I think it's, I think it's about being confident. I think it's, it's, it's about being aware of your surroundings and, and, you know, do that cycling proficiency test, get the training. If you do feel you need it, there's all sorts of advice about wearing a helmet and wearing high vis, which I do, and which I would recommend. Um, but I think there, there is something about being confident on the road is that, you know, you do have a right to use the road as a cyclist. And in an ideal world, we'd have more dedicated, segregated cycle routes across the city, um, regardless of what city you live in, regardless of the town you live in, um, because, well, there's so much potential and there's so much liberation to be had from cycling, which is just really fun. it been lovely to hear from you, Paul. Thanks very much for coming on. No problem. Thanks.
0: So it's really great to have Paul on there just to give us the perspective of a cyclist. Um, Very interesting and sad story that brought this to our attention. Um, And uh, my condolences go to the family um, of the cyclist that sadly lost her life. Thanks again to Paul. For coming on as always i'd really appreciate your feedback on the podcast on the topics that we cover um we got a facebook group don't change the subject that you can join and as always um please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player thanks and i'll see you soon